Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spiegel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spiegel. We are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is retention. Easy to overlook, but you better not. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of OmniConvert, a company which is disrupting the e-commerce space on how brands should perceive growth, where the norm is 100% focused on acquisition and massive neglect on retention. A big welcome to Valentin Radu. Hi, Valentin. Hi there, Andy, and uh, thanks for having me, and thanks, everyone, for listening to this. Now, let's start with defining customer retention strategies and why customer retention strategies are so important for the success of a company. Well, the, the, the first reason is that uh, you, you can't find uh, more cu- customers if you go to another planet. So mainly there's a, there's a limited amount of customers that uh, you can acquire. And on the other hand, the customer acquisition costs are through the roof. So only in the last uh, year, I've looked over uh, some statistics and the customer acquisition cost on Facebook has grown 92%, while on YouTube, it's even more than that, it's 108%. So that means we are being forced as uh, marketeers to, to keep the customers that we already acquire because at the end of the day, we are in the game of uh, being profitable on staying on black and we can't do that unless we are Amazon. And of course, we are getting a lot of uh, in outside investment to, to acquire market share. But my, uh, my guess is that most of the e-commerce companies uh, uh, and, and companies out here are not looking to acquire market share, but they want to build a healthy and profitable business. So what are some of these strategies that you apply to retain your current customer base? Yeah, I think one of the most overlooked, uh, let's say, um, forces to improve customer retention is to simply use your ears more than you use your mouth as a company. Because if you don't listen to your customers, you can't retain them. So my uh, my understanding after 16 years in the e-commerce space is that uh, companies are <clears throat> neglecting this aspect because they are having these uh, habits and they are also not aware about the e-commerce growth flywheel. So there are two flywheels. One is the normal one. So you acquire customers and then you ship the products and then you pay again to acquire more customers. While the, the other flywheel is you acquire customers, you make them come back and then they uh, spend more money on your brand and moreover they help you achieve the network effect which means you are getting uh, more from the same customers that you you have acquired so the first strategy that i recommend is to simply pay attention if you've done your job as a company are the customers that you you've acquired 
happy about the products and about the services and about the whole customer experience or not. If they are not happy about it, then you need to fix what's broken. While most of the companies are not fixing what's broken and they fall into this trap of acquiring more customers that never come back. Uh, and that's the first uh, the first strategy. It's simply do customer research, monitor things like the NPS, and if something is broken, repair it. You know the the term flywheel. The first place I ever heard that is is through Jim Collins. Is that where you heard it as well, or did it come from somewhere else? Yeah, yeah, from Jim Collins. From from good to great. Good to great. And you know, I always think of customer retention that. If I'm an e-commerce company and I, I do a good job, I, I give them what they want in the time frame they ordered it, and they're a good product, that they'll come back. But is it more, you need to do more than that? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you, you need to do more than that. I, I, I think we are in a position here. I mean, let, let's look at the market, Andy. We have a market where the cookies are being deprecated. We are in a context where a lot of uh, traditional retailers are putting money into online. We are in a market where the customer acquisition costs are through the roof. And a lot of new players are getting each, uh, each year in the e-commerce game. I, I looked over some uh, data. We have 2 million more companies yeah, 2 million more uh, e-commerce uh, websites being activated in the last 12 months alone, wow. which means the competition is fierce right now. So mainly that's that's why we need to, to, to focus on uh, on customer retention. And if we don't do that, the, the risk is to become obsolete because the customer has more power than ever. I mean, we are both customers, right? Back, I don't know, two years ago, if uh, we, we had these habits of going uh, and, and buying from, from some stores or the others, right now we, are, we have been forced for months in a row to, to buy online, which means right now we have more options than, the, than ever. And the good news is that uh, according to Benedict uh, Evans, uh, most of the uh, CPGs, for instance, most, most of the consumer packaged goods uh, sold online are coming from small and very small companies, while in the traditional retail, most of the CPG are being uh, bought from uh, large and very large companies. Mm -hmm. You know, given the importance of customer retention, then why do you think that most companies overlook it? Well, the I think the, the first uh, problem is that we... Uh, we as companies are being hypnotized and we are in the game of the uh, in the customer retention game of uh, media companies like uh, Facebook, like Google Ads. They are being, let's say, uh, training everyone over their CTRs or over their CPMs is like everything you need to do to thrive as a company is acquisition. And nobody mm -hmm. has a vested interest here in making you retain your customers because at the end of the day, if you retain all your customers, why should you be paying so much to acquire new customers? Anyways, it's, it's not like uh, you need only customer retention. You need customer acquisition. We, you need customer, you need conversion and you need retention. So the whole customer value optimization chain. But the first problem is that all of the marketeers out here are being, uh, let's say, trained by Facebook, by Google, by these companies which have this interest. The second thing is that uh, they, they, they stop and there's no formal education over, over this uh, 
things. They stop at the first step, at acquiring customers, generating traffic, and they have this, uh, let's say, bad interpretation over how an e-commerce grows. Uh, like they, they think all they need is traffic multiplied by the conversion rate multiplied by the AOV. But in order to thrive as a company, you need customer lifetime value and a, and a, a healthy relationship with the customer acquisition cost. Uh, however, these things are not uh, are not being taught anywhere. You know, I find that, that you're absolutely right, and that mostly marketing is about customer acquisition. When you are talking to different companies, what percent do you see most companies spending on customer acquisition versus customer retention? Yeah, we actually made a research, and if you can believe it, because we, we've got into this uh, space, into customer value optimization, and we wanted to understand if, uh, A, our, cust- our company is aware about uh, the importance of customer retention, B, are they having someone from the company responsible, and C, how much of their budget goes to customer retention. And what we found is that companies which are having less than 50 million, five zero in uh, annual turnover, Mm -hmm. are uh, allocating less than 5% of their budget into customer retention. Now, what is also funny or ironic is that more than 50% of the revenue is coming from the customer retention. So there is this paradox, right? You have more than 50% of the revenue coming from returning customers, but you allocate less than 5% on uh, on retaining customers and the the problem is that they think customer retention is like uh, gravity right it's like a constant you can't affect it but you certainly can affect uh, it but however you can't improve what you don't measure and most of them are not even aware about customer retention how how was customer retention uh, last uh, year than uh, versus this uh, year that's a question that few e-commerce leaders can respond to. Let me ask you something. Do you think that customer lifetime value is really a key metric or is it too far out? I guess when I'm looking and I run paid ads for customers and I'm really, I look instead of customer lifetime value, I'm looking at customer annual value and yeah. seeing if you're bringing people in, how much are they going to spend over the next 12 months compared mm-hmm. to forever? What what are you using when you're looking at customer retention? Are you using the lifetime value? Or are you using a shorter time period? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, uh, I think what is important here, Andy, is uh, the, the business model. So is this is in a strict relationship with the purchase frequency and the purchase cycle. Right. If you if your business if you're in the business of selling coffee or tea, for instance, where the purchase mm-hmm. frequency is quite high, then you need to focus on uh, uh, lifetime value because it's kind of hard. Uh, you, you, your lifetime value should be quite short, right? Because the uh, it, it takes around let's say ninety days to for for a customer to to churn, but if you're selling uh, fashion, or if you're selling electronics or books where the purchase cycle is longer, so you don't uh, buy uh, uh, shoes every two weeks, right? How mm-hmm. you are buying, for instance, coffee. So if your purchase cycle is longer, then you you will need to, to look at CLV for 12 months or for the total customer lifetime value. So mainly the, the suggestion here is to 
take a close look at purchase frequency and the purchase cycle. Uh, we, we are seeing this, for instance, uh, at uh, companies which are selling matrices like Casper and Purple. We've looked at over their data. So the, the, they are in the long game. So they, they don't need to focus on retention too much, but they need to focus on uh, uh, acquisition, right? Because if mm-hmm. you buy a mattress every seven to nine years, then you, maybe you'll be out of business uh, uh, until uh, your customers are, right. paying, are uh, buying again from you. So it's all a matter of uh, how important it is. The higher the purchase frequency in your vertical, the more you should be looking at uh, uh, things like customer retention and customer lifetime value should be uh, on a shorter lifespan. So let me ask you, say I'm a uh, prospective client and I come to you and I say, Valentin, hey, I haven't been doing anything on customer retention. I know it's important. I know that's where 50% of my business is coming from. Where should I start? Yeah, the the first uh, the first thing that you, you should be starting off is to look at the uh, customer retention impact. So uh, you 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 can't do everything, right? And it's a it's a thing from uh, from the math, right? If we remember from the fifth grade, or or, or something like that, is the order of operations. So the first thing would be to understand if customer retention should be on your priority, because if he, if it's not if it shouldn't be in, on your priorities list you should be stopping so mm-hmm. one thing that we are doing is to look at the customer retention impact and on the benchmark we've built a benchmark based on 2500 different uh, e-commerce stores mm-hmm. that are using our technology and we've looked over there and you can see if you're buying toys if you're selling toys for instance or if you're selling uh, cpg or if you're selling beauty and cosmetics you can see if you are uh, within the last 25% or within the first 25% in terms of purchase frequency, customer retention, customer lifetime value. So how you, how are you against your peers which are selling the same products uh, or pretty much the same products as you are selling? And, and how, thing- how does that work? I mean, there's different, of course, there's different average uh, price, average value. Is that taken into consideration when you're looking at average Customer lifetime value. You're the. I mean, you know, somebody selling Matchbox cars for two ninety nine is not going to be the same as somebody selling swing sets for three grand, right? Yeah, that's why we don't look at uh, things uh, related to the price, but we are seeing looking at things related to the customer behavior. So, if your customers are uh, uh, having a purchase frequency of uh, one point two. And another shop has 3.2 and both of you, you are selling beauty and cosmetics products. You might have a problem. Okay. So you, the, the idea is to look at how often are customers uh, uh, buying from your store. And another very important thing is the customer segments distribution. We are using something which is called RFM segmentation, which stands for recency frequency and monetary value. And the, the uh, rule of thumb says that you need at least 8% of your customers to be having uh, the highest course at recency, frequency, and monetary value. In other words, you need super consumers, right? And this type of super consumers are the ones which are carrying the, are, are doing the heavy lifting in terms of your margin as a, as a business. But if you don't do this type of segmentation, that's going to be the second thing that you should be doing. So the first thing, 
look at the customer retention impact, look at the benchmarks and see how you stand. And if you're, if you're not doing too well in terms of this type of metrics, go out there and do customer uh, segmentation to see if you have a problem in terms of the uh, capacity to retain customers and uh, in terms of the stickiness of your products. And uh, once you know all, all these things, then we, uh, we, we focus on the three pillars of customer retention, which are the first thing is in order to improve customer retention, you need to, to, to analyze and to fix if it's broken what you say as a company, which is marketing, what you sell as a company, which is product assortment, or what you do as a company, which is customer experience, what kind of uh, services are you, are you offering? So mainly the next step is to look at this type of uh, pillars and then to analyze what's broken. So we eliminate possible uh, problems. Wow, that's a lot to uh, unpack there. Now, a couple things. I, I love the term super customers. That's yeah. uh, that's fantastic. I'm going to use that. And the others, let's say you go to a store and you look at the customer retention impact numbers yeah. and you're way above normal. Yeah. Are you saying you wouldn't need to concentrate on retention? I mean, I, I would still think there would be room if you've never concentrated mm -hmm. on it to... To yeah. improve, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. So if you look at, uh, let's presume that you are in the top 25% in terms of how well you are retaining customers, but then you look at the financial impact of your customer retention. So what's going to mean for your business in the next 12 months if you improve the customer retention by only 1%? And if that result is, uh, let's say, a couple of hundreds of thousands of euro or dollars, then that means you, 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 you will have disproportionate impact in, uh, uh, by doing this if you invest in customer retention. And uh, customer retention costs are not that high. I mean, if you, if you can understand that there are brands out there which are investing $150,000 to $200,000 every month on customer acquisition, but mm -hmm. they have, haven't invested $10,000 to do customer research to understand why the customers are buying or to look at their customer segments. Imagine that with this, you're not improving only the customer retention, but the virtuous cycle is that you improve acquisition because you'll understand why customers are buying, what kind of expectations they have, and how they are verbalizing the benefits of your product so that you can improve the way you are doing uh, customer acquisition. You'll improve your creatives, your ads, and so on. So mainly, that's how, we, uh, how it works. So mainly, it's all a, a numbers game. If uh, your business is at, uh, at in it's less than seven figure, let's say, and you can't afford to pay $10,000 on a customer research, mm -hmm. or you can't afford to pay a couple hundreds of dollars every month to do segmentation with some technologies like ours or others, there are plenty of tools out there. So if, if you can't afford it, and if your if you're e-commerce growth formula, because we have that mainly we, uh, once someone is uh, uh, installing our app, we instantly show what's the uh, customer retention impact. So if it's if it's $10,000 in the mm -hmm. next year and you need to, to, to invest something like 50000 in the next six months, of course, you should be stopping. But it's all a matter of priorities. And e-commerce leaders should diversify the, 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 their opportunities. And I think what they are not doing is that when they are budgeting, for instance, now it's the end of the year, maybe they are doing some budgeting. When they are doing their budgeting, they are not 
taking a few steps back and they are not understanding if their e-commerce can grow by using other levers than improving uh, CPC or CTR right. or whatever. Right. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Hey, let me ask, do you have a favorite success story of one of your clients that you'd be willing to share? Yeah, of course, we have plenty, plenty of them. One of, uh, it's actually the, the the first success story that convinced us that we need to move into this uh, this space. We, we've started as a uh, uh, conversion rate optimization company. So we, we had an arm which was doing consulting and we have uh, had our own technology. We still do have our technology to do A-B testing. And we worked with them for two and a half years. And at some point, they uh, their growth has uh, stopped. I mean, in terms of the conversion rate, there was they, we, we couldn't move the needle anymore. So mainly when you do A-B testing, you tweak the website, mm-hmm. you do some persuasion stuff, you fix the UX, but it wasn't paying off for them to pay, pay us uh, further to do this type of A-B testing. And we, we understood that they had uh, an issue with one of their competitors. They wanted to invest uh, a couple million in uh, TV campaigns. It, it's a uh, large player here in uh, Central and Eastern Europe. And they've said, we can't do uh, conversion rate anymore. And we, we need to f- focus on acquisition because we, we have customers migrating to our competitors. Mm-hmm. And instead of uh, doing that, we convinced them to do some customer research. We've run RFM segmentation. We've understood who are their best customers, it, uh, the, these super customers. Uh, and the surprise was that 60% of their revenue was coming from 18% of their customers, which were uh, not in large cities. They were in uh, small and mid- medium uh, cities uh, because they haven't gotten those shopping malls. And uh, another finding after doing this RFM segmentation and identifying their super customers was that they thought that they are selling to young people, but their best customers were more than 40 years old. And they were buying super customers. Exactly. And they they were more than 40 years old and they were buying shoes not only for them, but for their kids as well. So those type of customers uh, were their best ones and their marketing started to focus on on them. And they've started to do this type of onboarding campaigns differently. Fact is that after uh, only six months in uh, in this game, so after uh, working with them for six months, doing, doing this type of research and then uh, coming up with different email onboarding sequences, do different remarketing campaigns, we ended up improving the customer retention by 30%, which was huge for a company uh, as large as theirs because they had 400,000 customers. So mainly the impact was fantastic and it sticks because you have this compound effect. If you understand how to keep your customers, how to uh, uh, stop churn, how to reactivate your customers, this is going to uh, have a huge impact in the future. You know, those are uh, fantastic results for sure. Now, I was looking at your website earlier, and I see where your stress stops spending to just spend, instead concentrate on conversion and retention. When you start working with a client, do they end up spending less in the long run when they start focusing more on retention and less on acquisition? Or what is it with this philosophy? How does that the, translate to the bottom line? Yeah, the bottom line is that they actually increase their budgets. I mean, that's the effect because if you if your customer lifetime value is going to be higher, that means your marketing efficiency is going to be better and your budget 
is going to be higher because they realize, hey, we could we can spend more on acquiring a customer. So that's the effect of uh, improving the whole customer lifetime value. And, now, are, uh, yeah. are there any challenges that you struggle with in getting results for clients? Yeah, the, the main struggle is to uh, obtain alignment with the, the, uh, the agencies, right? Most of the agencies which are doing PPC, they have their recipes, but I guess that's going to become obsolete in the future because they have all their campaigns, they do these ad groups, they uh, get into this bidding, into this uh, tweaking some creatives and they think that's it. But when we come with uh, data, to, to support a different position in different ad campaigns, most of them are resistant to, to, to change. So mainly the main thing is to align all the players, right? You need to align the PPC agency, the email agency, and you uh, le, le, the customer support, right? So because you need to do things differently. For instance, one of the, stra- the tactics that we have is to monitor the NPS and to give better treatment to your bet- best customers. We have a company that uh, improved the NPS. They got to 92. So maybe it's a huge NPS by applying this type of type of tactic. So the main problem is to obtain this type of alignment, internal alignment, and also external alignment, because you need to orchestrate a different customer journey, which means that all the touch right. points with the customers should be uh, consistent, right? To have right. consistency throughout the customer journey. You know, earlier in the interview, you mentioned Jim Collins' book, but I always like to ask in in my interviews, are there any business books out there that you can attribute to your journey as an entrepreneur? Yeah, so one of the best books that I that had a huge impact on, on me is uh, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I think that should be uh, that that that's a bible actually to not only to to improve your own work, but to understand the game you are playing. So those principles like seek seek first to understand, then to be understood, begin with the end in mind. These are encrypted in how I I work. And uh, I I recommend it to any entrepreneur or any professional out there. Now, I forget, but I think is Jim Collins write a foreword in that. So I think they're they're kind of connected between the Dr. Covey book and the and the Jim Collins book. So that's, yeah, yeah no, that's a great book. I completely agree. Now, let's, and by let's... the way, Jim Collins has a new book, uh, uh, a new book. It's, uh, it's uh, B2O. I don't know if you, uh, if you know about it, it's uh, edited last, uh, last year with uh, Jim Collins and Bill Lazier. Hmm. I'll have to take a look book. at that. Yeah. Now let's um, get back to OmniConvert. What yeah. services do you offer? You had mentioned you used to do, conversion optimization are you still doing that or yeah we are you we doing still, retention so what, what are all the services you offer and how yeah. are you standing uh standing apart from the competition yeah so the the best decision that we uh, we made was to start to educate so mainly our our first thing that we are doing we've built an academy which is called customer value optimization academy we we took a few book authors and experts. So we have eight uh, experts in email marketing, in uh, customer experience, in the jobs to be done methodology with uh, Bob Mesta. So we, we've built this CVO methodology and we're helping e-commerce companies to understand how an e-commerce grows. And we are certifying people over there. There's a, it's like a mini degree. 
we're certifying people and those uh, professionals are, are making a difference. So we are already have something like 400 students. So that's the first thing that we're doing. Then we are now uh, training agencies in our methodology so that we can match them with our own customers because we've realized that we've built a technology, but is that saying that uh, uh, a fool with a tool is still a fool, right? So it's not about the tool itself, but it's how you use it. So mainly we want to do this type of, uh, we are doing this type of matchmaking between agencies and we are shadowing and we are working with agencies to, to apply this type of uh, uh, principles and then we have of course our own services for uh, large uh, large companies mm -hmm. and uh, we have the technology which is the backbone of everything we are doing we have uh, a survey tool an a b testing tool we have the segmentation tool which is called reveal uh, and we have this uh, freemium model so mainly we we give it away for uh, smaller companies and we uh, uh, we are charging only the la the larger companies based on their uh, based on their size. So mainly that's how we stand out from the competition. And in the next year, our plan is to, to build the, the standard, the gold standard, when you are doing an X-ray to an e-commerce. So mainly we, together with Dennis Yu, we are building an e-commerce grader. So imagine getting data from your Facebook ad account, from your Google AdWords, from Google Analytics, from your Shopify, from your Klaviyo account. And all of this data is being crunched, is being compared to other peers from your industry. We are looking at year over year growth. We are looking at uh, if the company should rather focus on acquisition or uh, should rather focus on conversion or on uh, customer retention. And then we give a grade and uh, we also give insights and recommendations with the uh, uh, people which know the, the the game that they are playing. So if the company has an email problem, mm -hmm. we're going to have a, uh, uh, an expert in email, which is going to give away this uh, kind of insights for, for them. Wow. Well, I can't wait to see that. Now, you had mentioned you guys work with larger clients on the agency level, if they want to work with you. Who is that perfect client for your agency? What, what, how much do they need to be spending per month to, to work with? Yeah, the, uh, the perfect uh, customer should have uh, at least 10 million in uh, recurring uh, in, in annual turnover. And uh, another, uh, another aspect, they should be open-minded. So mainly we are in this position to uh, fire customers. And uh, we, we, we've decided that the best, uh, the best relationship should be with the companies which they do need this type of RFM segmentation. They are at a level where they are open-minded and they want to learn. So mainly we are, uh, we are stepping in and we are working only with this, this type of, uh, of companies. And how can an interested listener out there learn more about working with you? Well, the, the easiest way is to, to look at uh, our website, amiconvert.com. Uh, I'm really, uh, uh, let's say, uh, involved in this uh, education. So you can find uh, more on uh, our academy, on academy.amniconvert.com and also on, uh, on LinkedIn, because I'm really, really a LinkedIn person. I'm posting there every, I had this pledge this year to, to post every day and uh, I managed to, to do it. Well, that's great. Well, thank you for joining us. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we wrap it up today? Well, the, the 
The last thing that I want to share with you, if you're an e-commerce entrepreneur, if you're an e-commerce professional, gather most the most knowledge that you can. So nobody is going to be able to steal know-how from you. So mainly my own story is a story of a poor kid from Bucharest, Romania, and I've always learned. I've always learned and I've been, let's say, persistent and resilient into learning because you never lose if you are learning. So I think that's the the advice that I could share with you. Well, that's some great closing um, advice. Now for listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding OmniConvert or connecting with Valentin, you will find links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our all new podcast resource center available at www.makeeachclickcount.com. We've compiled all the different past guests by show topic and included each of their contact information in case you would like more information on any of the services I've discussed during previous episodes. That's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.